Stories within stories. Meanings that point upwards. The cross behind the camera. We're Josh and Brandon, and this is Crossover Collab, Director's Cut. Yeah, we went to see Free Guy, which um, I messaged you the other week, and I was like, oh, we'd love to go see this. It's about video games. Um, and as you may know, we talk a lot about video games and we just love them. We're so we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan Reynolds was in it as well. So, I mean, come on, you've got to go see it. Um, so we ended up sat there at the end of the film through the uh, when the credits were rolling and everyone started to leave. You just had two like people, <laughs> yeah, instantly, and you just had two people at the back of the cinema going, "Well, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of a mixed movie, really," and I'll tell you exactly why. And um, yeah, we we voiced our opinions instantly, uh, <laughs> which was was great. And we've um, we thought we'd basically voice and share that once again here and try to be uh, as unbiased and objective as possible. Um, so let's just start with Josh. What did you think of Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds? Starring Ryan Reynolds. Well, first thing, um, I always get Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling mixed up. Oh, um, so I keep thinking Ryan Reynolds is a. This isn't to say that I think he's a bad actor. I think he's a good actor, but I mm. just prefer uh, Ryan Gosling in La La Land and Blade Runner. So Mm -hmm. it's it's funny, whenever I see Ryan Gosling, I think he's like a rip-off of Ryan Reynolds. But then whenever I see Ryan Reynolds, I just think he's a worse version. (laughs) I'm never satisfied. I Uh, think uh, Ryan Reynolds is the funnier version. Yeah, he's the the funny one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Ryan Gosling's the serious one. Yeah. Uh, And they could, you could have told me they were twin brothers and I would have bought it a few years back (laughs) and gone, yeah, they'll have just changed their surname so that it's like a stage name or something. (laughs) Yeah, quite possibly. Anywho, so uh, on to the movie. Um, Mm. I thought it was, uh, you know, a pretty middling film. Uh, Mm. There there was a lot to like about it. It was enjoyable. There were some slick action sequences. Uh, There was some pretty humorous dialogue in there um mm-hmm. and i think at times it really communicated something fairly poignant um yeah. but as we kind of discussed in the cinema it was a very conflicted movie in the sense that uh it didn't 100 percent know what it was about and there were times where the movie would directly like uh contradict itself that's mm-hmm. the word um so I mean the the overall message for those of you who who haven't seen the film yet, um, or who have and just want a refresher, uh, it's effectively like an anti-corporate tale. Um, they're they're playing in a video game that is like GTA meets Fortnite, basically, <laughs> um, developed by insert big video game company here, 
Um, they chose the name Tsunami, which I think was their attempt to call it Blizzard without calling it Blizzard. But um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I'm yeah. just going to assume that's what yeah. they did. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you've got this kind of like corporate, um, the deliberate like crushing of uh, artistic intent through through mm. video games in particular. There was a lot of a look at like the sort of crunch culture that you absolutely get in a video game studio mm-hmm. where people are working around the clock to release effectively unfinished content because they don't get given enough time. The overall message seems to be that uh, corporations bad, independent studios good, even though, you know, giant Hollywood film. Uh, and also, yeah. like, self-expression is good and uh, conformity is bad. Being forced to do the lather, rinse, repeat of life that they see at the start as NPCs, non-playable characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, there the, the seemed to be that sort of message to it. But then... I mean, one thing we particularly memed on was how uh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, Ryan Reynolds's character <laughs> uh, Guy used not not one, not two, but four, five, no, probably more than that, probably like seven or eight recognizable pop culture artifacts in order to defeat the bad guys, yeah. uh, including <clears throat> but not limited to. The blaster arm from Mega Man, Captain America's shield, Hulk's arm, a lightsaber, and a portal gun, uh, among others. And so... the gravity <laughs> gun from uh, yeah, Half-Life as well. Yeah, 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 that's right. So so he defeated this evil corporation. Uh, he defeated Fortnite using, <laughs> like, basically sell-out pop culture references. Yeah, they did. Um, it was and... so funny, though. Because, like, literally both of us in the cinema, we both sighed at the same time. We were like, it's like the Captain America thing was already bad. We were like, okay, whatever. And blatant use of the score, like, just really in your face. But it's when the lightsaber came up and then (laughs) the Star Wars theme was like, Uh... right. I mean, it wasn't even subtle, straight up right in front of you. Look, we've got the rights. How exciting is yeah. this? And just to just to film uh, film composer for a second, um, it was a really bad use of the theme because mm. they used the opening crawl theme, which is meant to be the big like like every time you hear that. Well, not every time, thanks to the sequels doing the same thing. But uh, every time you used to hear that, it would be in the context of like space. Mm-hmm. And the opening crawl and it like setting the scene for this giant big epic adventure because that's what Star Wars is in terms of like a larger than life space opera. Mm-hmm. Um, so pulling it out of its context, and this is something that I just can't stand about the way things are made today, like ripping it out of its context, ignoring why it worked in its original mm-hmm. form. And then just going, ah, yes, that is the music that we play so that the audience gets the dopamine hit. Um, And then, ah, yes, if we include a lightsaber, it's the exact same strategy that Fortnite has pulled with its, uh, like, insert new Marvel character, new Star Wars character. Uh, Let's have Mm -hmm. Thanos do the funny Fortnite dance. Um, And, you know, not, not to say that, like, 
Marvel or Star Wars or insert popular pop culture thing. Like, it's not necessarily incredibly poignant on mm-hmm. its own, but the fact that it's just divorced from its original meaning and then yeah. forced into this new context when, quite frankly, it wasn't necessary because. All they did was go, ah, oh, yes, this is like, it's a video game and he can use items from the video game. Yeah, um, exactly. I, what... I get that in a sense, the fact that they exist in that video game is like, ah, oh, yeah, because the corporation that makes it are sellouts. So they'll just get the rights to use recognizable mm. intellectual property because that's what the director of the game is all about. He's all about the sense of, ah, oh, yes, sequels and universes and creating a brand as opposed to creating a story i suppose Um, yeah but the fact that the main character has to basically play on the terms of this dictator kind of thing like Mm -hmm. he has to sink to their level in order to beat them and i think in in any story where the good guy has to sink to the bad guy's level in order Mm -hmm. to defeat them i mean you know it's already evident like yeah, I mean to to put a more kind of biblical spin on it, it's the reason why uh, God talks about um, he, like he's the only one who can uh, avenge and repay, and he's the only one who's just kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why Jesus doesn't super saiyan punch the devil into <laughs> next week, you know. Like that's why <laughs> Jesus does things on his terms in in mm-hmm. the Bible. He doesn't do things on the devil's terms or on mm. our terms yeah because exactly. like imagine <laughs> the savior of the world having to stoop to our level in order to save us that no mm. in you know when we talk about him uh i guess becoming undignified or uh like becoming like one of us in that sense we talk about in the sense that he gave up his divine glory and stuff um but yeah, like he he didn't he didn't do the things we do morally. He didn't mm. go, ah, yes, I will uh, I will do evil to those who do evil to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so yeah, in the sense of the ultimate um, defeat, it was a bit contradictory. Yeah, that's in the, the sense that thing. you know the the movie is saying one thing but doing another. We're mainly talking negative about this, but I think we want to definitely put some of the um, the kind of storytelling issues out there first, and then hopefully we build from there. But yeah, the, the, yeah. the second thing that I've, um, we both found a little troubling as well was its desperate attempt to seem woke and postmodern, um, <laughs> particularly with the big message at the end um, yeah. of like, you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want and yeah obviously from a christian standpoint we we can't necessarily agree that you just do whatever you want and everything's going to be okay no there's there's consequences um to things and you know it's not necessarily yeah, all about yeah. your happiness but it's about 
the the world's not about you essentially um, definitely but definitely there's liberty and we still have freedom and freedom to love and to choose what we do but it's just dangerous to have that ideology of like I am completely and utterly free to do whatever. Like, not absolutely not. Um, because the the this is again another irony of the film is that it's very critical of the Grand Theft Auto style freedom, where you use your hedonism to like rob banks and prey on the innocent and stuff. Hmm. So there's this weird dichotomy as well. I think the issue arises because you have these NPCs who are previously lifeless, who hmm. then become. Uh, like self-aware mm-hmm. and i i couldn't help but draw parallels from like you know the the whole karl marx idea of the only thing the workers have to lose is their chains yeah. like it became a very like i mean the ending is like the final scene of ah yes everything's happy again like mm-hmm. there's no mention of currency no one is forced to do anything it's the communist utopia quite frankly yeah it really um, is so yeah the idea that the film posits like one form of hedonism as bad um mm-hmm. in the sense that no you can't just go around and do whatever you want but then the resolution to the film is you should be able to go around and do whatever you want just because the people saying it are different now is like mm-hmm. the entire thing of like how revolutions tend to happen in the real world you know the sense that oh no no that's wrong because this guy's saying it uh but i'm saying it now so it's right um, mm-hmm. And that yeah. was another thing I found quite troubling. That um, the the only way the film knows how to describe like self actualization and achieving some kind of purpose in life is through doing what you want, and it doesn't seem to get past that. It doesn't seem to think there's anything <clears throat> else to life other than doing what you want, yeah. which is not great. Yeah, I know, right? And it seems to me, I mean. And I'm going to put it out there as well. After we've had all this conversation, after we saw the film initially, we did end up saying that it gets to a point where you kind of just got to accept it as a fun film because they obviously oh, yeah, yeah. put too much thought into a lot of it. But um, we're going to comment on it nonetheless. So <laughs> the um, I think the main problem is with that, they didn't think too much or, or give any thought to any philosophical ideas which let's be real their intention i don't well we don't know if it was necessarily meant to be philosophical it's it's an awkward one because it's weirdly it's a fun film but it tries to be philosophical and i don't feel like it goes either way is it just a stupid fun film or is are are you trying to say something and i think that's where some of our confusion comes in because, for instance, that end thing of like, okay, you're essentially tackling free will and determinism there. Yeah, but yeah. The problem is, he Ryan Reynolds just gave a speech about how he was programmed to essentially fall in love with her because he was a love letter from the real person. Yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Like he made it very clear that he is restricted. He is determined. They, yeah, in some they aspects. are the result of a, a set of parameters and can only function in a set way. Yeah, yeah, they can do whatever they want, but yeah. everything they want to do is already determined. So. Yeah, that's it. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of an interesting one uh, and a very dense conversation that I, I don't feel we necessarily need to jump into because, again, I don't think 
they thought yeah. too much about it. But again, I think that kind of resembles society today, um, which is just <laughs> constantly thinking and prioritizing this idea of liberty, independence, freedom. It's a very like American driven ideology where it's like, yeah, yeah, f- for sure, we value freedom, but it doesn't mean doing whatever the hell you want. And so I've already stated there. Um, and it's, uh, I think this film kind of represents that a little bit that it's like, it, it really wants to just promote wokeness and individuality that, yeah, it, it overlooks some of these really, um, nuanced and diverse conversations um but we we also commented as well josh how they try to sprinkle a little bit of that wokeness in there Um, yeah yeah i think as well in particular um the thing that was egregious about it in this case is that it's like most of the characters we interact with for the first half of the film at least are fictional beings that exist inside of a video game Mm-hmm. So their entire way of life, their entire societal structure is its an abstraction of real life. Mm-hmm. So do you really think the people programming the game where you run around banks and do heist missions would have really programmed racism into that structure? Would mm-hmm. they have really thought about like, ah, yes, well, this person works in, in the bank uh, because they are privileged, you know, like uh, that shouldn't yeah. come into it because the world that they're in is an abstraction of the real world. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the same history that our world has had. So I can understand when those two worlds collide as the real life players uh, inject a little of their philosophy into the game. Mm-hmm. You can understand some of that coming up. And also it's a movie made in 2020. So it has to project some of those themes in the sense of maintaining relevance um yeah but like yeah it felt insincere at best and just Mm -hmm. like well it's just unnecessary like the yeah the fact of the matter is that it's a world that is not established to be uh systemically imperfect in fact the system that's defined is that Every person in this society, regardless of their age, their race, their gender, they all have one specific function that they do on a loop and they are happy with it because they've been programmed to be happy with it. It's Mm. only when they break out of that loop, which I think that's where we get this element of wokeness in the literal sense of like having an awakening, like a spiritual awakening, I suppose, Mm -hmm. Um, that sense that your life isn't all it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's still something that is central to I guess what a lot of people talk about when they're talking about wokeness this idea of like waking up from uh, the injustices of the world but the injustices of that world were not the injustices of our world and yeah, I think exactly. conflating the two just made it come across as being immature really yeah that's it it's like it, it felt forced and like to try hard to be honest and y- you get it and this is one thing where you, even after a conversation like this you got to go you know it is what it is you just got to see it as a film and the creators are obviously going to inject their own philosophies into it but yeah one thing that i did find myself sighing a little bit and again within its context mind you but when they talked about the these ai these npcs um evolving one person decided to make cappuccinos, and I was like, okay, cool, all right, I suppose so. 
I don't know based on what, but cool. Yeah, they've done that. <laughs> then almost, someone basically wrote a thesis on sexuality and gender. I was like, sorry, yeah. what? <laughs> is that, and again, I said that, is that a problem in this in this video game world is i mean but... i think i think the implication is that because they're in a game that was created by a misogynistic corporate shill that these npcs are being oppressed and are mm. incapable of conceiving what true justice is like until they're then shown by someone from the outside and then at that point they begin questioning like the systemic uh, issues with their world hmm. and because it's the type of game that is it's literally just a power fantasy that type of game things like gta things like fortnite like the the that's their purpose is like to yeah. be someone who is cool at everything and can yeah immensely overpowered <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you yeah. can you can blow up buildings you have the entire police after you you know this this kind of like wish fulfillment of being powerful yeah. being heroic um mm -hmm. so i mean historically in video games it's just a lot of the time it's based on the particular wish fulfillment that the people who made the game want in their own lives or the perceived wish fulfillment that they believe their audience wants uh, yeah. that's why you know in in the past there have been some very sketchy like values that have been promoted in these types of games as a whole yeah. uh, i mm -hmm. mean to be honest in every genre you're gonna have examples like this yeah. um but yeah particularly when it comes to this idea of this is why i hate video games because it like appeals to like the male fantasy <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> oh dear yeah oh my gosh but yeah so there's some um slight issues and also i think just some of even the in-world comments just seemed a little unnecessary yeah, as yeah. well when you've got this guy who i think had very genuine um issues and how he was moved down from essentially owning this entire game and company to um being in the complaints department this other yeah. white guy just randomly says oh like white privilege problems it's like Ah oh, no well, no no! It's it's not it's not another white guy. That's why it's okay. Oh, was it not? Says, yeah, I probably I remembered it's, wrong. Then. It's his it's his co-worker. Um, oh yeah, he was Hispanic, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's like uh, just sound. Oh, like uh, I don't know. Don't don't talk to me about your white privilege or something. It's like yeah, the, the dude lost out on millions of dollars from his idea, like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, that's. I'm pretty sure he can't hide behind the the, you know, the bastion of white privilege. It's like yeah, that's it. And it, what I think what confused me a bit more about that was he was trying to be like humble and to be like, oh, you know, there's a whole bunch of issues, but I'm not really going to talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And saw so the idea there, but it, again, it's don't wrong. I genuinely believe that there are contexts in which. We're not going to go down a big like racism route or anything <laughs> like that, but there is genuine context. This isn't the movie to do that. <laughs> yeah, that exactly, completely. Well, that, that's exactly the point. There are contexts in which there is white privilege. I do believe that, but we need to talk about context, context, context with everything. Yeah, it was yeah. so unnecessary, and I think we yeah. were both thrown off by that comment. To be like, oh, okay, why? 
why in that scene was that necessary? Um, all all it, it does but, is <laughs> like it creates this environment of like selective sympathy where it's like, oh, well, you know, we'd recognize your problems as valid if you had a different background or if you were part of a different ethnic group or something, mm. which is like it's the same kind of prejudice that created the issues that we're battling through today. Like yeah. that same sense of like, oh, no, no, your personal problems aren't worth considering because of this person from this different social group that we think is more deserving of our time, effort and rewards and stuff like Mm-hmm. that's the exact problem so yeah i, th- I think it, it it's stuff like this that like they are one-liners and they're like two seconds out of an hour and a half film but i think it's those things that can can communicate like and you might not even realize like it's one of those things i mean brandon and i we were taken aback by it and kind of like well why was that in there but not everyone's gonna do that when they're watching a film some people might just yeah. go yep yeah, fair enough checks out like they might not even be listening and and then like the kind of sense of like white guilt even that could come from that you know it's just it's ridiculous over like an action movie that is actually fairly dumb in a lot of what it tries to say so yeah yeah it's it's that sort of thing that i i think if it was in the minority you know if these weren't if it was like a bottom of the barrel type film that people only want to watch for like a good time or whatever Mm -hmm. just to have a laugh but the fact that this is like more and more becoming like the baseline standard not baseline like this the gold standard i suppose Mm. for for films uh in the sense that yes if a movie is this good this passably good then we will say that is a good film and then anything beyond that is like a great film as opposed to making like great films the baseline standard so that yeah anything that falls below that is just maybe not uh to the point of not being worth considering but like you have that caveat of like well you know maybe maybe don't take its themes too seriously yeah exactly and that that's the main thing with with, with this as we've said before they, this is a film where <laughs> we've we've pretty much complained about this entire time this is the first time that we've taken such a um more so negative approach to a film but at the end of the day with all that stuff aside we we both recognize that you know what predominantly it is a stupid film and we've enjoyed different aspects (laughs) of that like there was a lot of eye candy yeah it it was it was still a fun experience wasn't it yeah yeah completely and like those moments where we were probably laughing like that's really funny so yeah, like, yeah, there there were the odd comments and things involved that that felt um really well rooted in the context. Like we were both laughing at a background character that was glitching through <laughs> a wall and started like yeah, yeah. running up the wall kind of thing. Like as video game players, we were like, "That's hilarious!" And I mentioned a scene where um, <laughs> Channing Tatum's um character like the playable character <laughs> is talking and then the real life player is telling off his uh, mom for hoovering and all you hear is channing tatum just shouting randomly in the air like mom stop hoovering or stuff like that you know yeah, um, yeah americans don't say hoover but hey um sorry side note did you know the hoover was invented in america no way yeah just i learned that the other day and i was like crazy and i don't even call it hoover yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, I um, guess it's because Hoover was the first brand of vacuum cleaner. 
Well, yeah, but you, see, this is the thing. They call the stuff after brands. They have Band-Aids. The Band-Aid is... Yeah, that's... So that's, that's why I was weird. confused. I was like, why don't you say Hoover then? Unless no. it's that they, like, the first time Britain got Hoovers, it was vacuum cleaners of the brand Hoover from mm. America. Mm. And the first time America got plasters, they got the Band-Aid brand. So because it was the first that they had, I don't know, I'm just... Here's your daily dose of useless information. This is what you've got to do when when you can't be bothered to do the rest of the research yourself. You just guess at what it probably is and then leave it at that and go, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to think that was the truth. Yeah, I know a lot of pastors that do that, don't worry. Oh! I didn't think we were we were doing that kind of slam. Sorry, I had to. Here. I had to. I'm sorry. I, I guess there are some pastors that could learn a lot by watching Free Guy. <laughs> ah, so 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 doing things out of context does harm the overall message. Got it. See, uh, we came to save the day. Well, all in all, although we we pretty much slammed on the film here. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, if, if it was you want, fun. if you want to review talking about how awesome it is, I'm sure there's plenty online by now. Um, oh, for sure, yeah, the, completely. The things it did well, it did really well. I mean, you know, the visual effects, even. Uh, I know you mentioned that, Brandon. Um, like some of the scenes. I mean, there's a point where. It's dumb. It's dumb that they have such low understanding of how video game programming works, but mm-hmm. it's a cool scene, so I'll forgive it. Um, when the the devs activate God mode, so that as they're yeah. running along, and it does like a first person perspective, as like this platform is like forming in front of them out of the skyscraper around them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really nice visual effects and moments where the camera work, even like there's a point where the camera's behind the main character guy. And it's just the right distance and it does the right kind of uh, swivel pan around the back of his head to mm-hmm. feel like, you know, the typical video game camera when you step out of a building and it does the whole, you know, the camera swing. And then once it swings back behind you, you've got control of the game again. Like there's mm-hmm. points like that, that, as we've said, like the attention to detail can be really spot on at times. Um and even the music, like the score was, I mean, I'm sure Christoph Beck won't mind me saying this. It was fairly simple. Um, yeah, yeah. Reminded me in places, actually, like the movie as a whole did. It made me feel like it was like an off-brand Tron legacy in the best mm. possible way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that as a compliment, uh, even though I said off-brand. <laughs> so, you know, overall, there was some there's some nice stuff, like some great visual effects. I mean, some great montages as well. Like at the end when you've got a guy having like his neural pathways opened again, and that's represented visually through it literally branching out of his head and like all the memories flashing by, like that was, there was some good choices that they made. Um, that's why we spent 25 minutes harking on about the bad choices 
because it's it's yes. that stuff that colors the overall like the fact that what two days after the fact the things we had more to talk about were the bad things than the good things because yeah, i think those right. can stick <clears throat> they can stick with you more and i think in a world where in a society where art like this and i use the term art very loosely like where that is the the quality of content output uh cultural output um yeah that can become like a downward trend kind of thing especially when you're getting (laughs) twitch streamers to star in your movie and you honestly portray them as having so much influence that just because a twitch streamer said a thing that the literal executive of a company is going to be watching it live and respond to the feedback that's not how it works i'm sorry it's just not but obviously it's not going to be long before it will start working like that because of yeah, people perhaps. giving that sort of influence to these characters. So, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> That's it. It is what it is. Yeah, there's some things we had to overlook. Like We also made a comment on how the whole corporate thing, you said, Josh, it'd be more realistic if it was a bunch of like board members and probably that you didn't even see. That would be a more yeah, realistic yeah. thing. But obviously, in terms of general storytelling, you know, you've got to have this one main villain and he's got to have character um, to represent the whole corporate yeah. greed and all that stuff. So it's, yeah. And he, he the... was an interesting character. I can't, mm. can't think of his name now because uh, they spelt it differently to how I expected it to be spelt. So that threw me um, and now I don't even remember. Yeah. As it wasn't Anton. Was it Anton? Oh, Antoine or something. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Uh, and um, they didn't spell it like the way you'd think. Um, yeah, that's all I remember about it. But yeah, uh, Taika Waititi's performance as uh, as Antoine. Uh, I th- Antoine. hope it's Antoine. It is Antoine. Uh, <laughs> it rings well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, his performance. I think it was. It was uh, like I don't know. There were points where it seemed a little bit cringy, but I think that was yeah. deliberate. Um, because yeah. of him being the villain, uh, and also the fact that the film's literally a twelve A, so. A lot of it is meant to be ham-fisted delivery to children. Um, That's the main thing, isn't it? It's, but uh, well, it was it was an interesting performance, and I, yeah. I liked that. Uh, there there were some moments of levity in there. Uh, that yeah, I, I think it, it put like a nice spin on it. Uh, so, well, that's the thing. It's you know, you know the performances are still great. Like Ryan Reynolds is is great. Not all of them are great, mind you. But Ryan Reynolds is definitely great. Steve, um, yeah. From Steve. Stranger Things. Yeah, true. Blumen, Taiko Waititi. You know, some like, but at the end of the day, it's that classic argument, the one that was predominantly used to defend the Star Wars prequels was there's only so much that an actor can do with the writing. Um, I think it's a shame that people already make that argument with the prequels because I think the writing's pretty pretty good. But um, that's another conversation for another time. But um, but the main a thing conversation is conversation where we actually won't disagree at all, and people will be listening uh, in complete frustration the whole time because they're like, yes. "But have you even seen the memes?" Uh, I know, right? Yeah, but I mean that. So with this film, it's. Like we said there, the visuals are great. The general performances are good. Um, like, all in all, 
it's a pretty good film. But unfortunately, the storytelling was done in a way that it's like the regular Hollywood family oriented <laughs> film. Yeah, it was dumbed yeah. down. I I really reckon that if they'd spent more time really considering and building up on the writing, and I, I've got to say I do feel some of the writing was lazy um, and wasn't thought about enough. But I feel if they had um, worked on that a little bit more, it would have had more. Um, well, it just would have been better, simple as. But, yeah, um, it I would agree. have known where it was going. It would have known whether it was like. A ridiculous film, like fully enough, starring Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. It's a it's a ridiculous yeah, yeah. film. It it may, you know it's completely it's built on laughs and absurdity. You know, even the second one, like at the end credits, it makes Deadpool tra- travel back in time, but he travels back in time to well, it's very meta as well. Bear in mind, but yeah. like to Ryan Reynolds when he accepted the contract to play um, the Green Lantern. And he, he shoots Ryan Reynolds. So, like, that kind of thing. It plays <laughs> nice. on the absurdity, and it's great. It's, so it's either that or, yeah, making a more serious um, message or something like that that you're going to do with, like, corporate greed and whatnot. But either ways, my main point is I think everything, unfortunately, was let down by the story uh, telling yeah, um, and the writing. Yeah, it did make it, like, hey, I, I think the term I'd use is like less than the sum of its parts, which yeah. you don't really hear much. Um, no, that's true. But like the fact that each component bar the story on its mm-hmm. own was pretty good. And I'm well, yeah. not even pretty good. There was some excellent stuff in there. I mean, there was yeah. movies today, they can be made like fantastically. Like you can make anything happen. That's the beauty of it with the technology we have these days. Mm-hmm. It's just that, yeah, as I say, some some issues with the story can actually undermine all of that effort that went into all the other stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, well, at the end of the day, it doesn't have like a leg to stand on. Uh, it doesn't exactly. have anything that makes it worth, like, does it stand up on its own, I guess is mm-hmm. the main question. Is it something yeah. you'd go back to because there's any worth in it specifically for what yeah. it is? Um, exactly. And I don't know, it could be a bit harsh of me to say, oh, well, we'll definitely not go back to it. But um, <laughs> I, I think, as you say, the, the, if there'd have been a bit more focus uh, on what they were communicating through the story, rather than just figuring out like a concept as quickly as possible to just get through it, mm-hmm. even if they'd have focused on something a lot more character driven of like taking more time to develop like a handful of those NPC characters. Instead mm-hmm. of just how, because to be fair, by the end of it, they were still just as, a lot of them were still just as lifeless as they were to begin with. Yeah. It's just this time they're taking orders from Guy. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> yeah. not a dictatorship anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that yeah. was our, that was our thoughts on Free Guy. I uh, hope, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Um and when you uh, when you read your Bibles today, remember remember what we said and go. You know what? Maybe maybe I shouldn't be reading Leviticus eighteen completely divorced from its original context just so I can make a funny meme about it that will make people <laughs> exhale through their nose for like a third of a second. Just just some food for thought, really. Well said.
And that is exactly why we condescending film reviewers, we know what's best. Don't you worry. You put you put your faith and hope in us and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll get you there. Uh, defer and to our judgments in all things. In all things. Yeah, man. Crossover. <laughs> oh, to no. first one. Uh, God bless you all. Star of mine. Did you know the hoof hat was invented in America? Did you know the hoof hat was invented in America? Did you, did you know the hoof hat? No way! Star of mine. We're gamers. Well said. Star of mine. Star of mine. We're gamers. 